Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover with John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Wednesday evening. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. We'll talk to our buddy Chad Bishop, who covers Georgia Tech here in about 20 minutes from right now. Obviously, they ran all over Virginia. And now it's going to be interesting because, again, Clemson, Syracuse, Georgia. Just win one of those games, and Tech will be in a bowl. First, though, this night, look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So your pro football focus grades from the game against the Vikings – by the way, according to Pro Football Focus, Drew Dolman has the highest Pro Football Focus grade with an 82.4. Now, I don't know if that's a symptom of there's really bad center play in the NFL because I can tell you if they factor snaps in, the over-under on how many bad snaps he has is about 17,000, somewhere in that range. Um, here's your top five offensive players. Johnny Smith with an 81.5. Drew Dolman with an 81.3. Mac Collins with a 79.2. Jake Matthews had a 78.6. And Cordero Patterson had a 77.5. Your top five defensive grades from uh, Sunday's game. Nate Landman, who continues to impress. I think they're going to have, let me put it like this. It's going to be interesting to see how they play next year, Troy Anderson and Nate Landman, because Landman has done yeoman's work filling in for Troy Anderson. I thought he had a really good preseason. I thought he played well in the preseason games. They're going to have, look, he's one of those depth pieces, but honestly, like you don't want him to just be floating out there in the wind. You want him on the field to help win football games. So we'll see how that ultimately shakes out. Uh, David Onyemata with a 77. Jesse Bates at a 71.2. Caden Ellis with a 70.7. And Arnold Ebicady a 68.9. Again, my frustration, though, with Ebicady is 36% of the snaps. I, I think he deserves more snaps. He's your best pass rusher. Let him let the bear loose, right? What did Dan Quinn always say? Let the bear loose. Let him loose. Um, other notables, McGeary was a 72. 
Kyle Pitts a 71-8. Taylor Heineke a 53-5. Lindstrom was a 51-7. Boy, it's been a it's been a, a strange year for Chris Lindstrom. Bijan is a 43-3. Uh, AJ Terrell at 67-3, Calais Campbell at 67-3 as well, and Jeff Okuda a 65.1. Their defense has not been very good over the last couple of weeks, and especially again, we're not talking about Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Pat Mahomes. That's lighting them up. It's Will Levis and Josh Dobbs. Lisa Alpharetta was representing uh, in the house. So anyway, all right. So, Arthur Smith gave an answer at his press conference, and we'll hear more about this when we when we play the Dukes and Bell uh, clips and interview and all that good kind of stuff. But I want you to hear, and this is long. This is about four minutes long. I want you to hear Arthur Smith talking about the red zone, offense, touches, distribution, and all of these kinds of things all put together in one big clip. A smart friend of mine, too, we are talking about nuance and context, and sometimes, you know, two things could be true at once. One, you, when you haven't gotten the results you want, you know, you, you should be criticized and, and, and be objective. And I thought about it being objective, so what does that mean? So you got to go look at things that didn't work. You know, why you did something, what your intent is, and okay, well, why is the result? So you got to look at your mistakes and your failures and say, all right, this is what we're, our intent, what you're thinking about, or how to objectively fix that. And that's what you got to be really honest. That's the only way you improve. So whether you're coaching or you're a player or you're in any other industry, uh, that's real. And that's what we strive to do every week. Obviously, you've never thought of per- perfect. So so you look at the red zone. We've got 28 trips. We've scored touchdowns on 14 of them. So that's half, 50%. How are you want to be? You, know, you obviously want to score every time. But historically, if you're in the mid to high 60s, you're usually up there leading the league. So the years where we were really good in Tennessee, we were damn near at 75%. But that's kind of – you want to strive to be 100. And that's what you're, what you're aiming for. So you're at 50 there, so 28 trips. And other than we go, we've had to kick field goals nine times. Two of them were situational, win the game, right? Green Bay, Houston. So those are two. So the other seven, we had three fumbles um, right down in Tampa. So a lot, we, you know, turnover on downs that we, uh, we had down in Jacksonville to try to cut it. You know, six and a half to a fourth down on the, on the sprint out with Drake. So you look at all this. So we have 99 plays, give or take, and that's including things that have been nullified by penalties, whether it's offense, pre-snap, or even defensive penalties. So you say, what's your intent? Where are you targeting? Right, so we have a lot of guys that we think are good players on this team. So it's not just Bijan, but it's all those guys. So a lot of times in the drop back, maybe the number one read was Kyle, maybe it was Drake. Well, they, they have a say, they took it away, and you've got a pressure attacker on the other side, so the ball went there. Or, unfortunately, you got sacked or something negative happened. So, having said all that, that's not an excuse, this is reality. And the intent is, you know, he, among other people, and we've been in sync, it's been pretty good. And there's been some zone reads that's been a good, really good play for us, right? So, play, the answer, going to him. Well, we pulled it, and that's been a pretty positive play for us down there. Um, you know, Tyler, in the situation, Algier, he's been pretty damn good on go on run, short yardage. Again, nothing's perfect. And then where you're using other guys. Some of those times you, you build in run alerts. Maybe you're going to CP, maybe you're going to Bajan, uh, Janu, or whoever. And so you look at it and you look at 99 plays. Not all of them count because of penalties or some of them in two point. It's been pretty balanced. He's been at the tip of the spear at most of them. Now the ball hasn't gone to him 
every time, it's not going to go to every player every time because we've got a lot of good players. So it's my job to make sure that we're better than 50%. And that's what ultimately we got to score more points than the opponent. And we want to strive to score every time we're down there. That's how it shakes down. I get a lot more verbose, but uh, don't want to lose everything or sound like I'm making excuses. That's the reality of it. So again, our intent, try to be very balanced. We've used everybody. He has scored. He's led to a lot of points, some of it, whether he's gotten the ball or not. And then other times, like with all our players, we've got to find other ways to make sure we're uh, more lethal down in the red zone. And that's the way we look at it. So we're striving. Look at it. Look at your intent. Okay, if it hadn't been good enough, how do we fix it? And that is the number one job that I have to do. And you have to be accountable for it. And there's nobody that runs from that. That's the blunt reality. And so that's every week. And so if you have an issue of protection or you know, you're not tackling well enough or you're not losing, you're losing contain, that's in every phase. But I know this, we have the right guys in the locker room. We have the right staff. Not so this one money. We're not excited about where we're at. Uh, but we're not dead and we're not out of it. And we get the chance to go do something about it. And that's what you want. You don't want adversity, but you're going to tell you a lot about yourself. When we've been in it, players and coaches, you're going to find out more about yourself than anything else. And that's what we embrace. Good enough. All right. So I understand. I understand conceptually what he's talking about. You know, with the idea of Bijan at the tip of the spear and things like that. And again, you know, Desmond Ritter has had his issues as far as red zone turnovers and stuff like that. That's on him. Maybe he should give the ball a little bit more to to Bijan and things like that. But ultimately, we're not a good red zone team. 19th is not going to – for this team – and given what we've invested in, we have to be a lot better. We and and that's that's Arthur, that's coaching, and honestly, that's some of our players as well. You know, Kyle Pitts is supposed to be this mismatch and all this kind of stuff. Throw it up to him. And to Scott Bear's point, I, I'm not saying throw it up to him when he's double covered or whatever like that, but let him go make a play. If he really is a mismatch and he's that good and he's a unicorn and all these kinds of things. I mean, let me ask you, do they limit what Micah Parsons does on defense for the Cowboys or do they play him all over the place, let him line up everywhere, do what he needs to do, but at the ultimate end of the day, it's see that quarterback under center, go get him. They don't worry about, you know, where he lines up, what what the play is, what the offensive line block, just go get the quarterback. And he's that good of a player. Right now, Kyle Pitts isn't that good of a player to be able to dictate or influence enough. Well, they got to throw him the football. I get that. But he's not getting open or he's not demanding the football or there's other things with it. But I understand conceptually what Arthur Smith is talking about. I know it's a lot of gobbledygook and, and stuff like that, but still, they've got the bottom line is they've got to be a much better team. If we're going to talk about winning divisions and all these other kinds of things, they have to be a lot better. I spent all offseason talking about this. They need to be elite in the red zone. There's no reason why they can't be elite in the red zone with the weapons that they have. I don't care who's quarterbacking them. Robinson, Pitts, London need more touches, more touches down in the red zone, 
and they've got to get impact and help us score some points. And by the way, do you know the Pittsburgh Steelers are only scoring 16.6 points per game? And they're over 500? Five and three. How t- I see people giving uh, Mike Tomlin right now a lot of early votes for Coach of the Year oh. because of what he's been able to do with that football team. Oh, well, let me ask you, is their division any good, though? I mean, their division's pretty bad, right? Baltimore is huh? average, and Cincinnati is oh. average, and Cleveland has the best defense oh, the best right defense, now in the, yeah. the, the, the best defense in the NFL, right? And, and they arguably have one of the probably three best quarterbacks in that division as well with Joe Burrow. Yeah, their division's pretty good, and they're five and three. They average they they don't even score seventeen points per game. All right, very quickly, uh, we got to get to break. I know Bijan Robinson got a B plus grade from Bleacher Report in their first half. Looks at all of the um, the picks. What do you think? Um, hey, uh, Oren, what do you think um, Jalen Carter got for his grade? An uh, A minus. Uh, yeah, an A. I I think it should be an A plus, but you know, again. Anyway, we didn't want him, though. We, we didn't. I mean, to be honest with you, if he was here, we still wouldn't be scoring points. So it doesn't matter no, at this but, point. But you, but you know what, though? You need guys like that that influence the game where it matters most. Where it matters most. Did, did, did the 49ers need Chase Young? No, but they, are, but they got Christian McCaffrey, though. Okay. But what is their, again, to steal from Bo Bach, what is their playing personality what is your playing personality we're all over the board with our personality we're Jekyll and Hyde all right Chad Bishop we'll talk some Georgia Tech football coming up next Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios Sports Radio 92 on the game odyssey.com app Sports Radio 92.9 the game back at a Chuck Reed show hanging out in the Kia Studios on this Wednesday night with you 404-726-0929 is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Well, it's going to get cranked up on ABC Saturday at noon. Georgia Tech will head into Death Valley. They will take on the Clemson Tigers, who had that big win over the uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. But obviously, Tech, winners of two in a row over NC, UNC couple weeks ago, and last week, they just ran all over Virginia. Let's uh, head out to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. Let's talk to our buddy Chad Bishop. He, of course, is a Georgia Tech beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work, and he is on Twitter, at Mr. Chad Bishop. Chad, as always, buddy, appreciate uh, a few minutes on the show. Feels good to be talking about back-to-back wins for this program. Yeah, it does. It also feels good to talk about it in this nice summer weather we're enjoying. But uh, <laughs> no, man, it's uh, it, it's it's wild. I think the last time we spoke was uh, what going into that UNC game and Tech is sitting there at uh, you know three and four with a losing record, and you're thinking you know they got a scrap and claw just to get to a bowl game, and and two weeks later they're five and four and still you know have sort of a outside prayer of a shot to maybe make that ACC title game. Um, and they've been playing some pretty good football, so it's been exciting to see. You know, it is interesting because it, it is a dichotomy in some ways, though, Chad. They're second in the ACC in yards per game, second or sorry, third in the uh, ACC in scoring, but they give up the most yards, you know, per game. And you know, when we talk about this Clemson team, I, I know the the first inclination is to go Georgia Tech's offense versus Clemson's defense. But I will tell you, 
Clemson hasn't had 400 yards in a game since that Florida State game. This really feels like Tech has to find a way to limit their plays and, and not give up these big chunk plays, you know, come Saturday with, you know, a guy like Cade Klubnik who's kind of had a mediocre season in some ways. This really does feel like Georgia Tech needs to find some defense and limit this offense of Clemson. And really that's what they've been doing uh, during this mini winning streak because you're right. I mean, Georgia Tech's defense is what it is. I mean, they're they're not the best defense in the league. They're not the most talented defense in the league. And I thought they might be a little bit better than they have been coming into the season. But what I will say for those kids is, is they have made plays when they've needed to. You go back to that North Carolina game. I mean, Drake May was picking them apart. And then right there at the end of that fourth quarter, they stepped up and, and made a big hit and caused a fumble and got a turnover. And the same thing, you know, last week at Virginia, three more takeaways. Um, you know, they had five takeaways against Wake Forest. They had five takeaways against Miami in the win. When they, 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 they do give up a lot of yards. They give up a few points. But it seems like they have a knack for, you know, sort of stepping up when the time is right to make that play. And, yeah, this Clemson offense, you know, probably not the best that they've had in a long time, but they're still Clemson, and they still got some really dangerous weapons at running back and a good quarterback, and you know they're going to have good guys on the outside catching passes. So for, for Georgia Tech, again, it's just play for 60 minutes, hang in there, see if it's a close game, see if you can't get a turnover and make a play here and there because, I, you know, I'd be shocked if they shut Clemson down. I'd be shocked, honestly, if they shut anybody down outside of, you know, Virginia and, and South Carolina State like they've done. So they've got to just, again, just hang in there and see if they can make some plays in the second half in the fourth quarter. You know, one of the things we've talked a lot about Haynes King, obviously, and, and how good that he has been this year and, and given some stability to that quarterback position. But, you know, Tech is still second in the conference in rushing yards per game. They they still run for over 200 yards, 204.1 um, yards per game. You know, how how good has their running backs been? How much has been the offensive line? Talk to me a little bit about breaking down the running game of Georgia Tech. I, I looked at today and, and almost, um, you know, had my computer fall off the table. 14th in the country and rushing all mm-hmm. of a sudden. I mean, this is a team that, you know, we just kind of see and perceive as being just a pass-happy, throw-it-all-over-the-yard team. And a lot of that narrative stemmed from, you know, the early part of the season and some of the numbers they were putting up. But you're right. I mean, they have just run the ball very, very well and, and really just uh, crushed Virginia in the run game last week. And then the fourth quarter of the week before against North Carolina, I think that offensive line is a veteran group. They've battled through some nicks and bruises, but they're, they're all kind of back now and playing together. They're doing a good job of rotating guys in and out. They're playing about seven guys. Uh, and offensive line coach Jeep Wade, I think, has done a really good job of coaching them up. Uh, Jordan Williams, uh, one of the right tackles, said today, you know, their big M.O. is is go 100 miles per hour. And if they make a mistake, so be it. They'll try to correct it the next week in film. But don't, you know, don't be hesitant. Get out there and, and, and play really fast and, um, you know, play really hard and, and see what happens. And that's what they've been doing. And when you got three running backs like Dante Smith, Trey Cooley, and Jamal Haynes, who all have been running very well, and then you throw Haynes King in there, who's also been running exceptionally well, which I don't think a lot of us expected coming in this year. Uh, they've really created a, a really, really stout running game uh, that all, has also been fun to watch these past couple of weeks. Yeah, talk to me a little bit about Jamal Haynes. I mean, he's, I think, fifth in the conference right now with uh, 664 yards. You know, we're used to having guys that can run the, you know, individual guys that can run the football, you know, for Tech. But how does he compare? I mean, you know, like what, what are some of his strengths 
that Jamal Haynes brings to this running game? You know, I think first of all, you have to go back to August. And, and that young man was a wide receiver as, as early as, you know, the middle of August, the start of fall camp. Uh, and, and Georgia Tech, to their credit, looked up and said, look, we, we got a lot of wide receivers this year, and I don't know how many touches you're going to get in the passing game. And he was a kid in high school out of Grayson High School who played a little running back, played wide receiver, played some quarterback, one of these, you know, all, u- uber-talented athletes coming out of high school. And so he said, yeah, I'll play some running back. And, man, it's just been – uh, it's fit like a glove because he's not the biggest kid in the world in terms of height, but he's very strong, not afraid to run between the tackles, really seems to understand the offense. Early in the year, he was catching the ball out of the backfield, which was a big plus. He hasn't done that a ton lately. Uh, but I think the the thing that impresses me most with that young man is it seems he has sort of that next level desire to win. And I'm not trying to sound too cliche with that, but, you know, talking to him after the game or, or during the week and media availabilities, He's not really concerned with, with all the stats and, and, and all the glitz and the glamour. Uh, he's just out there, hey, yeah, I'll play running back. I'll play wide receiver. Give me the ball 10 times. Give it to me 30 times. doesn't matter. Just trying to help the team win. Really is sort of that you know prototypical team first sort of guy, and I think that's been huge for this offense too. Chad Bishop, the Georgia Tech beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, joining me here on the com hotline. You know, I, I know, Chad, you and I specifically have talked about the pass rush, and we've kind of – touched on it at, at multiple times throughout the season. You know, Kyle Kennard has done a really nice job of getting to the quarterback, but the problem is he's got six sacks. The entire rest of the team only has 10 combined out there. You know, again, um, Clemson's a team that you want to get pressure on their quarterbacks. They have had offensive line issues over the last couple few years. That's been one of the real bugaboos. Can this team find somebody to go along with Kennard to try to put pressure on Cade Klubnik? I don't know. I don't know if they can. And, and honestly, I don't, I'm not going to say they don't need to, but, you know, they've sort of gotten away with not being able to do it through nine games this season. And I think, you know, I think, again, to Georgia Tech's credit, they maybe understand who they are and understand maybe some of their weaknesses. I just don't know if they have the pass rushing horses this season. And Kyle Kennard, like he said, has been good. Uh, Eddie Kelly had a fantastic game, another defensive end at, at Virginia. He had a really anomaly this team just does not uh, make their mo getting after the quarterback and like i said i mean uh, the five wins and they've held their own and and made some plays late that just hasn't been their their situation i mean drake may pick them apart um they've had some other quarterbacks at louisville game you know that offense sort of picked them apart a little bit because of the lack of pass rush um yes hey, let's Let's see if our secondary can make a few plays. Let's see if our linebackers can make a few plays. Let's see if we can get some interceptions. And so, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see them coming into Saturday's game and all of a sudden popping up for a ton of sacks. They had a, they had a ton in the Wake Forest game, but if you look at the season as a whole, again, that, that was sort of a one, one-off game where they had a bunch of sacks. So, I, I just think that's the defense they are, and they're not going to be able to get after the quarterback, and they got to find ways to, to stop the other team differently. What did you make um, – let, let's go outside a little bit. You know, what, what did you make of – did you hear some of the comments from uh, Dabo Sweeney about, you know, when after the game about, you know, hey, if we're a stock, you know, this is, this is the stock that you want to buy all in on and things like that. You know, it's never, it's never a good time to go to Death Valley to play Clemson. But, you know, the way Tech's offense is rolling right now and – you know, again, I, I know they had a big win over Notre Dame, but 
I don't know. I mean, this feels like maybe as good a time if you're going to catch Clemson at home. Like I said, I don't know that there's ever a good time, but this feels maybe like it's as good of a time to try to catch Clemson and maybe try to get them maybe feeling a little bit good about themselves after a big win like that and maybe hoping for a letdown. Yeah, maybe. I think I maybe would have agreed with you, you know, if they would have lost that Notre Dame and been four and five and uh, more heat, and more pressure would have come on, on Dabo Swinney and company. I don't know. The, the way they beat Notre Dame and, and sort of the confidence level that they seem to be emitting right now out of Clemson, um, you know, I, I would imagine inside that locker room, right, it's like the world, no, poor little. So to me, that's going to make things even uh, even more challenging for, for Georgia Tech. Now, on paper and on film, yeah, th- this is a Clemson team that is beatable. I mean, we've seen that year, you know, week in and week out this season. If Georgia Tech is going to break this losing streak, this team is definitely right for the one to do it, uh, given how Georgia Tech's played, given the season that Clemson has. And, and let's be honest, Clemson is, is, is definitely not one of the elite teams in the ACC this year, but they still have elite playmakers. They still have an outstanding defense. It's a noon kickoff, which Georgia Tech has not been incredibly great at this year. Um, that, that place will be rocking. That place will be crazy. And, and I just sort of worry for Georgia Tech's sake if they get down in a hole, you know, let's say 7 nothing, 10 nothing early, how difficult it might be for them to come back. So I'll be curious to see how they sort of handle that, handle the pressure, and then on the flip side, sort of see where the mentality is from Clemson. So let's say they get down 14 nothing and say, you know, here we go again, nothing has really changed. So it'll be, it's just going to be a fascinating game to watch for 60 minutes. Chad Bishop, he is the Georgia Tech beat writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. AJC.com is where you can check out all of his work. Follow him on his personal Twitter page, at Mr. Chad Bishop, and he joined me here on the WaitForIt.com hotline. Chad, as always, my friend, appreciate uh, a few minutes uh, on the show. And, listen, it's never easy up there, but, you know, again, let's let's see if this offense can get cranked up uh, against what's still a pretty good defense uh, out of Clemson. Maybe not what they've been in years past, but, Still a pretty good defense, and let's see if we can find a way to go up there and get a win. It's going to be fun. I can't wait to see what the Yellow Jackets have in store for us. You got it. We'll talk to you here soon. So thanks as always. Uh, when we come back, it will be time for What's Bugging Chuckery. Uh, you mean maybe the referees are actually refereeing LeBron James correctly? We'll talk about that next. Chuckery Nikia Studios, Sports Radio, 92 on the game, the Odyssey.com app. Brought to you by Pfizer. Attention, adoring fans. Back to more John Chuckery. Hey, folks, how you doing? Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back at a Chuckery show. Hanging out in the Kia studios on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-726-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Uh, we got a couple hours with you tomorrow night. So, uh, again, because we have Hawks basketball and uh, Hawks are going to be, um, uh, what, they are in, uh, where are they at? Uh, Mexico City. Yeah, that's right. Against the, uh, uh, is that the, is no, what day? Um, it's Orlando tomorrow. Yeah, Orlando tomorrow. And it's in, it's in Mexico City, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So, they, they come on at... Pre-game's at 9, nine tip is at 9.30. Okay. All right. So we're on for two hours uh, coming up uh, tomorrow night. So a, a rare Thursday. We haven't done we haven't done a Thursday show 
since Means before the start of the NFL season. I have to do a show with you consecutive days. Yes. Normally I have a buffer of right. a week. maybe a couple of days in between, <laughs> or but never back-to-back shows. So I'm going to go home and uh, prepare myself both mentally and medically for that. And be back here tomorrow. Like we have a colonoscopy or like what we need to have done? or That probably would hurt. Yeah. That like, probably would hurt, actually, yes. Well, again, it may feel less Hey, you know what? Than... Let's not, let's not, let's, 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 let's delve back uh, out of that. I just went, that road I just went down real moon quick, yes. Moon River. Using Every the whole fist stock? Time? Every served time? <laughs> Using the whole fist stock? Anyway. Um, so we'll, uh, we'll be back with you for a couple of hours coming up uh, tomorrow night and, um, uh, we got Hawks basketball. We got the high school scoreboard uh, show, and then uh, we'll be back with you as uh, we do uh, next week. Um, you know, I, I have to say, like um, sometimes you just need a. If I if I had to come in here on Monday after some of these Hawks games, that's part of why I didn't want to do the flyover. Like I would have been like Rob. I don't know if you heard Rob on he Sunday. He had an epic Sunday yes. show. It was yes. it was bordering between like just. Just like self awareness and whatever, like the third stage of depression is. And in, in all honesty, Orn, if he and I had done the flyover on Sunday, we'd have talked about newsgirls or porn or something else. I can promise you. I think there were. It, he might have been just playing radio, but it seemed like there were various times he was just sort of like, "Why am I here? I'm just gonna get up and leave." Well, it's and just, I thought maybe he was gonna get up and walk away. It's just the the idea of. When you watch a game like that, and and we have expectations and different things, you know, about what the Falcons are supposed to be and what the reality is and this, that, and the other. Again, when you watch those kinds of games on Sunday, and especially given the Tennessee game, okay, you don't go to Tennessee and win and this, that, and the other, but you're coming home against, you, you know, at best, they've got a rookie quarterback. At worst, okay. We're going to take on Joshua Dobbs, who's only been there for five days and whatever like that. You don't expect much out of him. And then he just runs. I mean, his, his like, 50 yards running felt like 1,000 yards. Because, again, we couldn't tackle him. He's running in the end zone. Things compounded upon. Yeah. yeah compounded. It just, it just, you know, again, and, and it felt like we were getting pounded. It felt like we were, we were bent over and getting pounded. I mean, the way. What? You said pounded. You you said we, we you said you said that we we had come and gotten pounded. Did you not? It is eight o'clock right now. I said compounded, compounded. Yeah, you God. said we came and got pounded. No, I, that's that's not what I oh. said. Well, maybe I read into that. Maybe, <laughs> I, possibly. <laughs> I, I don't know how your. I don't want to know how your mind works sometimes. But yeah, you just just said a no no, man. <laughs> Uh, well, listen, uh, there's, there's various ways to, to go about to all of that. But, I mean, again, we, we would have probably talked about anything other than that Falcons game because it just – I listen to, to Rob's show. So, like, my daughter, my daughter goes to church on Sunday nights and usually, like, 6.30 is when I pick her up. And so I get a chance to listen to, to Rob, you know, do the flyover and all that. And I, I know he was disgusted. And, and I was thinking to myself, like, I'm disgusted just – Watching, having watched that game and all this, that, and the other, and thinking about you know where this season is headed, I, I can tell you. I mean, if you if you can't find a way to win on Sunday, I don't care if Kyler Murray's back or not. If you can't find a way to win on Sunday against Arizona, 
who's literally one of the one, two, three worst rosters in the NFL, even with Kyler Murray. If you can't find a way to win, like we have to stop talking about playoffs or anything like that. Because again, you've. you've but what happens if, say, New Orleans goes and stinks it up this weekend and you come back and you're well, still again, one game down? By the way, they're going to play Minnesota yeah. this week. You mean that's a, you're in that same boat that you're in last year where it's you can't we, necessarily no, no. raise the white flag, but okay, we all but, know what this season's going to be. Right, exactly. We we fooled ourselves last year thinking that well we could we could be a playoff team and all this kind of stuff, and we were fooling ourselves. We lose to Arizona, we're fooling ourselves about a division or anything like that. Because again, you have to you have to hope for the worst that every team in the NFL is just so bad. That that we're you know in the bottom of the barrel with with everybody else. I mean, it's just I don't know. Uh, it's just not really a place uh, to be with uh, with everything. So again, we'll see. Um, and I don't like the fact that it's a late game on Sunday either. You know what I mean? Like I and I know it's West Coast and all that good kind of stuff, but it feels like it, with a game like that, like it, it feels like that's a game we don't want to drag out any longer. Just get in. Get done, get your work in, find a way to win. Like I said, if we win four to one, fine. I don't care how we play. I don't care if Taylor Heineke throws for four touchdowns. I don't care if he throws four interceptions. Find a win, and then we can regroup and, and go into the bye. And by the way, if they win, Taylor Heineke is going to be the quarterback for the rest of the season, and you're not going to see Desmond Ritter again. I don't believe so. And and we'll probably fool ourselves into thinking that we're, you know, playoff team and all this, that, and the other. And but you won't probably see Desmond Ritter the rest of the year. Uh, and and then we'll be looking for a quarterback. And I don't know what the what the market is. Um, again, franchise quarterbacks just don't come up. Well, to say if you get the playoffs, you'll be picking in the what the late teens, early twenties. Right now, I think the Falcons pick twelfth. I think they pick twelfth right now is where where they're slotted at. But again, like you said, if they if even if they make the wild card. They'll be picking after all of the teams that didn't make the playoffs and stuff. So, again, it's just a funky place to have to be right now, and we'll see what the, what happens with all of that. So, all right, speaking of being in a funky place, let's get to something we call What's Bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. I had to laugh because I guess the other night um, in their loss to the Miami Heat, the Los Angeles Lakers, did you see this story? They contacted the NBA League office um, Tuesday about reviewing some of the foul calls that were not called against, of all people, LeBron James. So the main point of contention is how LeBron James was officiated. This from the ESPN story. According to sources, the Lakers shared various clips showing what they believe to be clear illegal contact by Heat defenders against James that went unnoticed by the referees. Now, this season, if you didn't see this, this season, he is only averaging 5.7 free throw attempts which would tie a single-season single career low should that trend continue. Now, first off, isn't he like 40 years old? Like Almost 40. He's like yeah, 38, I mean, 39. again, he might as well be 40. 
And, and I know he's still a great player. Like the Lakers' offense right now is dependent upon the success of LeBron James. Yes. It's crazy. Yes. But think about this. Think about, I guess, the gall of the Lakers sending tape to the league office about the way LeBron James has been officiated. For how, how long has LeBron been in the league now? 15 years? 2004 more? was his rookie year. Okay, so almost 20 years that he's been in the league. Has he ever been officiated correctly? Like, has he not gotten away? I mean, look, I'm a LeBron James fan. I'm a Cavs fan. So, again, I, I loved it when he won a, a title for the Cavs. But has he not gotten the benefit of somewhere in the neighborhood of eighty-nine to 90,000 calls in his NBA career? He's gotten a lot. I mean, and again, to, I think it's pretty ballsy of the Lakers to send video to the league office about a, a particular – by the way, the Miami Heat obviously play a very physical brand of basketball. Like, we know that, and and that's what their M.O. is, right? That's what they do. That, that's what Eric Spolstra, you know, has built this, you know, on. And that Pat Rowley mentality. Right. And and they may not be the most talented, but they're going to outwork you, out-physical you, and, and they do just enough, right? And they've been arguably the best team in the Eastern Conference for, what, the last, how would you say, decade? Yeah, just maybe not the regular season success, but playoff Jimmy and them get it done. Yeah, and and they've they've been a really successful franchise, and and they've they've got their NBA title and all that. But again, it's it's kind of funny to hear the Lakers going to the league. By the way, the Lakers franchise as a whole, do they not like have some of the all time, you know, play? I mean. The Shacks and the Kobe's and guys like like the Kareem. Yeah, like they're one of their they're one of the the, the Chamberlain. Yeah, they, the they may be they may be the epitome of top tier franchise, and they're sending video to the league office about how LeBron James has been officiated. You know, not just you know in that in that game uh, the other night. Well, unfair is unfair, John Chucker. That's just what they're trying to say. Like, hey. Isn't that payback for 20 years of getting all the calls? <laughs> wow. I mean, isn't isn't that payback? I mean, you know, again, if he has to if he has to suffer one night's worth of no calls in his favor, that still doesn't make up 20 years worth of he's gotten every call ever. The, the payback is if the NBA gets that letter and sends it back and says no one's home. Yeah, exactly. Like like return to sender. Like <laughs> new, it's, it, new address to this. Yeah, yeah. It just it just says return to sender on on the envelope or or the fax machine or whatever it is that they use. So hey, Mo Bach got a fax machine. Hey, yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. It's just it's just ridiculous to think about LeBron James that the league the the, the Lakers have to now send videotape to the league office because LeBron James is not getting enough calls in his favor. Is that not the pot calling the kettle black? You see uh, Anthony Davis is already out? Yeah, of course he is. Why, why wouldn't he be? Abductor so. spasms. Uh. All right, speaking of abductors, Arthur Smith was on with Dukes and Bell. We're going to play clips from the interview and break this whole thing down like this Bruder film. Chuckery hanging out in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, and after the game, Odyssey.com app.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.